hand high. We like to hand out Bibles to anyone that needs one. Um, part of the reason we do this is uh, if you don't own a Bible, we want to just give you this Bible. But even if you do own a Bible, we like to just put this Bible in your hands so you know that we're reading from a, from a good translation of the Bible. And it's not just Anthony's translation up here. And so just raise your hand high if you, if you need one of those. So we've been in the book of Ephesians, and, and if you're newer here, we like to go through books of the Bible. We don't exclusively go through books of the Bible, but we mostly go through books of the Bible because we just think it's easier to, to teach the whole of God's Word by, by going through books of the Bible. Because I think that if, we, if I only did series, I'd often just teach on the things that, that, I, that I really like. And so going through books of the Bible helps form us as a people and helps make, make us healthy and whole. Uh, Christians, I think. And so we've been in this book of Ephesians, and we've been in chapter 3 for the last few weeks. And chapter 3 starts off where Paul says, for this reason, and he says all this stuff, and then he kind of cuts himself off because I think he was about to begin a prayer, and then he goes on a really long tangent. And in this tangent, he talks about how he's been enslaved on the Gentiles, or not enslaved, but put in chains, and he's in prison on the Gentiles' behalf, how God is doing this mysterious, beautiful work of uniting Jew and Gentile. And then he talks about how God has made him to be a minister of the gospel, only that we, the church, would become ministers of the gospel. And then last week, Vince talked about how the church should be a display people, that we are a people that display to the world who God is, that how we act, how we function together as a group should show the world who Jesus is. And so Paul goes on this tangent, and then he comes back around today in verse 14, and he starts this prayer again. When I was a kid, uh, praying looked uh, kind of all kinds of ways for me, because my parents, they got saved at, at two different times in my childhood, so a, a few years apart. And so when my dad got saved, he went to churches that he was familiar with as a kid, which were really Pentecostal churches. And then my mom, um, when she got saved, she went uh, to churches that were, uh, to a church that was a little bit more conservative. She grew up Catholic, so she went to uh, like a conservative Lutheran uh, church with like kneelers and that kind of stuff. And so growing up, uh, we kind of go to both churches, and how both those churches approach prayer was different. And, and I, I'm not saying one church did it right or one church did it wrong, but it was different. At my mom's church, there would be different times in service where we'd flip over these kneelers. And if you never went to an old school church like that, there's these little, like, mini pews that you put your knees on that are not really soft, but they attempt to make them softer. And you pray through different things there. And then you get back up and you flip them, and then you get yelled at when your parents tell you not to flip them up and down constantly because uh, the whole rest of the row is, like, getting alarmed by it. And then at my dad's church, it was a little bit different. There was no kneelers. But often how we prayed was we, we would approach the altar or we would stand up or we would have people pray for us. Or we would just pray in the middle of service. All kinds of things would happen in my dad's service in regards to prayer. And how they prayed and what they prayed about, both those different churches, it kind of showed what they cared about and what they thought about. And I actually think today in Ephesians, as we see what, what Paul is praying for, we kind of get to see Paul's heart for the church. And really, because this is God's word for all people in all times and all places, we get to see God's heart for the church. And so just like when I was a kid, I, I, the kneelers would, would show one, 
way of praying, right? It would show kind of like this reverence we should have towards God. Uh, and that's great. We should have that. My dad's church, it kind of showed um, not that they were irreverent, but what it showed was that they, they approached God like children, like God was okay with them approaching him and chasing him for everything. And so my hope for today is that, that we would become a people of prayer, that we would not let like our different um, traditions and, and things like that only form how we pray, but that we would let God's word form how we pray. And so just to warn you, we're going we're gonna to pray together through the service today. I did this once a few months back, so I know some of you probably already are like, okay, I got to get out of here quickly. Um, but I just think that if we really want to become a praying people, rather than me just saying, hey, pray, hey, pray, hey, please pray, I think it would be better if we just prayed together at different points in this sermon. And so today, kind of, there will be kind of four parts for us. The first part is we'll just, we're just going to look at um, verses 14 through 19, which is the first part of this prayer. And we're going to spend next week in this prayer as well. And we're just going to kind of see a, a picture of God that, that, that Paul prays to, a picture of God that's all throughout the Bible. And then there's three things in the prayer itself that, that Paul seems to pray, kind of three themes or three, really three th things he wants the church to have. And so we're going to pray for those things as well. So let's hop into it. If you have your Bibles, we're in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse 14. If you're new to the church, uh, Ephesians is in the New Testament, which is the last third of your Bible, and it's after a book called Galatians. So Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 says this. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So Paul gives us this beautiful picture of, of, of who God is. Right? We see in this prayer that Paul doesn't pray just to a personal God, but he prays to a powerful God. So Paul prays, and, and the God of the Bible, the God of the universe, is a God who's not only powerful, but he's personal. He's powerful in that he's named every family on earth. That, that speaks to God's create, that he is the creator over all things. But he's personal because he's father. He's personal because he's actually given every person on earth a name. And we know that comes about a little bit differently, but God knew that and God was sovereign over that. That sovereignty, again, is again a glimpse of God's power. God, Paul is talking to a personal God in this prayer because he, he addresses him as father, but he asks really that we would experience more of God in our life. Like all throughout this prayer, he wants us to have more of God in our life. We see what's important to Paul is that we would know more of God. God's powerful in this prayer because he's done so much more than we, than we could imagine or know. God's powerful because Paul says he bows his knees in reverence to this personal God. 
And so I want us to take some time here, and we'll pray individually at first to kind of get you geared towards this. And I want us to pray to this personal and, and powerful God. And if you're, if you're more, I feel like too often we kind of get in one or two camps. We really love the personal components of God, or we really love the powerful components of God. And the Bible calls us to love both things about God. And so if you find yourself in one of those camps, I would just ask you to, when you pray right now, to say something along the lines of, God, like, help me to see your power. Help me to praise you for, for your power and your ability. Um, take time to just thank God and praise him that he's personal, that he's father, that we're his kids. Think through those things. And then I will say this. If you're here and you're not a Christian, you don't have to do this. Um, really, none of you have to do this. But if you're here and you're not a Christian, you don't have to do this. But I want to invite you into this. You could sit back and you could kind of treat this uh, like a documentary moment. Like I watch a lot of documentaries on Netflix, and I, I particularly love the ones that uh, about crazy people. And we might look like crazy people to you. You can just sit back and watch. But I want to invite you into this. And so maybe if you, you don't believe in God or you don't know God, I would just ask that you would pray something like, God, if you are powerful, can I see that? God, if you are my father, can I, can I know that? Something just as simple as that. And so Austin's going to turn some music on and just take some time individually to pray that. We'll spend probably a minute or two, and then we'll come back together, and I'll, I'll close us kind of in that first prayer time. God, thank you that you are both personal and powerful. Thank you that your power shows you're working in our life and you're working in this world and that you're real. Thank you that you're, you're personal, which just shows how much you love us, how much you care about us, how much you know us, how you fully know us and you fully love us. God, help us to praise you for that. Help us to, to have a balanced view of who you are. God, I, I too want to pray that if there's anybody in the room that they're not sure about you or not sure if, they've, if you've ever worked in their life, I would just ask that you would work today. God, I know you're working always, but that you would maybe be merciful enough to us to, to reveal yourself to us in, in, in a new and fresh way, especially for those in here that, that feel like they don't know you. God, God, we love you and we thank you for who you are. Amen. Again, I love this prayer of Paul's because we get a glimpse into to what he cares about for the church, right? He's not praying that the church in Ephesus gets the right building or that they are provided with the right things or that suffering wouldn't happen to them, although those things are all good things to pray for, and we should pray for those things. There are things that seems like it matters more for Paul to pray about, in this instance at least. And so there are going to be these three things that, that Paul prays about that we're going to pray through as well. And so 
Um, let's talk about those. The first thing that, that Paul prays for the church to have is strength. He asks that the church would have uh, a sort of strength. So let's, verse 16 says this, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. And then jump to verse 18. It says, may have strength, that you guys may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. So Paul is praying that we would receive strength. But we have to kind of ask ourselves what sort of strength is being talked about here because there seems to be two different strengths and they seem to not lead to anything physical, right? And so we have to think through strength as like ability to do something, right? So when we say someone is very strong, right, we'll say they're, they're, they have the ability to pick up many heavy things, right? That person is very strong. They can pick up heavy things. They can do other things. Like you'll often hear Pastor Anthony is very strong, right? And so just to give you some context, but then maybe, uh, uh, maybe if you don't go the physical route, you might say, man, that person is so strong when they went through that. Really what you're saying is that person has the ability to, to go through something difficult or hard, an ability that maybe I or we don't have. And so Paul is essentially asking for us to have kind of two kinds of abilities. And so this first ability that we see that, that he says that, you, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, you kind of have to ask yourself, why? Why does Paul want us to have this inner strength? What is it for? And I think it's linked all the way back to the beginning of chapter 3. And I think it's linked because chapter 3 starts off with, for this reason. And then Paul begins verse 14 saying, for this reason. It's kind of like Paul was saying, well, as I was saying, and then he begins his prayer. Okay? And so I think that what Paul, why Paul is asking that we would be strengthened is he just gave us this picture of the church that is insane. It's the gospel and Jesus going across ethnic lines and uniting Jew and Gentile, which was unheard of in that day. It's the gospel causing all people that believe in Jesus to live out and be ministers of the gospel. It's, it's the gospel causing the whole united, diverse church to go out and just be a display people to the world. This is a difficult task. And so Paul knows that. He knows that all too well as he writes this letter from prison. And so he is essentially just asking, God, may you grant the church the ability to live this thing out. That, that you would give the church the ability to live out the gospel. That's the first sort of strength that, that Paul prays for. The next sort of strength, the kind of he asked that we would have strength to comprehend. Strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, breadth and length and height and depth. So Paul is asking that we would have the ability to even know God, to even comprehend what he's doing, to even comprehend the riches of his glory. God is so vast. God is so big that it can be alarming for us when we begin to understand and know God so much so that, that we try not to comprehend it, I think, at times. I think of the people of Israel in Exodus 20. God just saves them uh, out of Egypt. 
And God is on Mount Sinai kind of manifesting his presence with all kinds of loud noises and things. And he wants to speak to the people of Israel. But the people of Israel say, no, he is freaking us out. This is too much. Moses, you go up. You be our spokesperson. Come back down because if God, if we go to God, we're going to die. And so I think sometimes we need the strength, the ability to comprehend who God is. So it's not a physical strength, but it is ability. God needs to give us an ability to live this thing out, and God needs to give us ability to comprehend and understand who he is. And so I want us to pray through that. I want us to pray through that idea. And this time, we're going to get into groups of two or three. So I'm freaking out all the introverts. Sorry. Uh, it's more Jesus' fault than mine. Uh, this, our faith is done in community with all the saints, like verse 18 says. And so you're going to get in groups, and I want you to think through this. I want you to think through where do you need strength? Where do you need strength to walk this thing out well? Where are you having a hard time living out the nature of Jesus and the gospel in your life? And, and share that with two or three people around you, and then pray for each other. And, and to keep this service not three hours long, try to only share two to three sentences at max. All right, so something I would need prayer for is man, lately I felt like as a parent, I know the picture of Christ, and I know who he's supposed to be, but it is really hard for me to walk out being Jesus as a parent lately. My daughter will yell at me, and I just want to toss her, you know? <laughs> I don't, but that's inside. <laughs> and so I need to deal with that. I need strength to be able to love her well. That's one place for me where I need strength. But also pray, too, not just for where you need that strength. Maybe stuff, too, uh, is going on in your life that's just making you have a hard time and physically things are hard, that you need some sort of inner strength to, to overcome that stuff, ask that the spirit with power would provide you with the ability to, to live through that. But then also ask that you'd be able to comprehend God more. I don't think the church, and I don't think I, pray enough to say, God, help me to know you more. Help me to understand you more. Help me to know more of you. Give me the ability to, because I think we get our picture of God sometimes, and we just sit there instead of saying, God, how can, I, can you give me more ability to understand more of you? Because that's what Paul prays. So those two things, any area where you just feel like you need strength to walk this thing out better, but then too, just pray. you could also pray for any area where you just want to understand Jesus more. So for me in that, to understand Jesus more, what I really want to pray for myself lately is that I would be able to read the Gospels and not just read the stories about Jesus, but almost be there, almost see what it's like to know Jesus, see, the, see how he speaks, see how he answers questions, see who he is, see how he loves. Like, I want to be able to see that from reading the Gospels. And so that's where I need ability to comprehend who God is. Okay, so again, groups of two or three, uh, short sentence sentences, and then make sure you all pray for each other. And then here, again, I do want to speak, if you're not a Christian here, I do want to speak to this. I want to invite you into this, but again, if this is not for you, just say to, the, to those around you, like, hey, this is not for me. But again, I just want to invite you into this. Again, it's kind of like you're getting to step into the documentary instead of just watch it. You know, how exciting is that? And so, um, so anyways, Austin's going to put on some music. I'm going to give you guys like five or six minutes for this, so don't feel like you're rushed. It's going to be longer than that first prayer time. So go ahead, pray for strength now.
God, we, we love you. Thank you for, for the strength that only you can provide. God, we are so weak and we need to res- recognize that. Walking this thing out can't be done in our own ability, in our own strength, God. So we need ability. We need supernatural ability from you. So God, give us that ability to just be you in our world. Give us the strength to do it when it's difficult. And then God, give us the ability to comprehend who you are. Help us to have the strength to understand who you are. That we would not be afraid and run away from truths about you, but that we would run towards truths about you. God, give us strength because we are weak and that's okay. God, we love you. Amen. How'd that go? Good? You guys okay? We have a little bit of a participatory service today. Uh, If you're newer, um, welcome. Uh, We don't normally do stuff like this, but I think uh, it's really good for us as a church to to dive into these things, to to speak about these things, that we would begin a pattern uh, of praying with each other, for each other, because you just see it all throughout the New Testament, all throughout the Old Testament, that, that God's people can approach him and talk to him and interact with him. And so I think it's so good for us to do that. Uh, together. Um, so the next area, so first Paul, kind of the theme throughout the prayer is that, that we would have strength. Um, the next thing that, that Paul prays for the church is that, that we would just be able to know more of who God is, that we just know more of Jesus and, and, and his traits. Um, look at uh, Ephesians 18 and, and about halfway through 19. It says this, that the church, again, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. So, so Paul, one of the things he prays is that we, that we would, it says breadth, length, height, and depth, and you're kind of like, what is that connected to? It doesn't say of what, but it's probably connected either to Christ's love, but I actually think it's connected to earlier in the prayer where he says the riches of his glory, the riches of God's weightiness, the riches of who he is that shines throughout the world, that we would know the height, the length, the depth, the breadth of that. And then he says, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. So Paul wants the church to know the riches of God's glory, but he also wants the church to know the love of Christ that isn't just known, it surpasses knowledge. That this love of Christ goes beyond what you can know about that. I can relate to that because as a kid I heard all the time that Jesus loved me, but I don't think I truly understood that until the Holy Spirit moved in my life in a way to cause me to know that in a way that surpasses knowledge, to experience that even. I know that freaks some of us out, but we have a God that wants us to experience him. We have a God that wants us to know him. We have a God that wants us to interact with him. Yes, we have a thinking faith and a knowing faith, but we also have an experiential faith. That's why we we are supposed to come to God in prayer. It is a moment for us to approach God. And, And so kind of the question we have to ask ourselves is, do we know the love of God? Like, we might think we do, but I think we can know it even more. 
Because his love surpasses knowledge. Do we know the riches of God's glory? Because Paul says, man, would you know the height, length, depth, and width, and breadth, and all this stuff? Would you know how deep and vast and huge it is? The beautiful thing about God, there's always more of him to know. Right? You might know a glimpse and a taste of who he is, but he can deepen that view. He can deepen that taste. He can cause you to know him more intimately. Um, I follow uh, Andy on Instagram, and weird transition, huh? Um, mostly I regret it because she posts just, oh, she just posts pictures of her dog on her couch all the time. But every once in a while, and it's in the same position, I'm like, come on, make it do something, then take a picture. Um, but mostly, uh, well, every once in a while she posts something really awesome. And this week she posted a, a, just a quote from this hymn. And Jen Wilkin used it, but it's a, it's a hymn that was written by, in 1917 by a German father and, and, and his daughter. And, and I think these, these words from the hymn express this idea of God being bigger than we could imagine. And it says this, Could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stock on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above, would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. He's saying in this hymn, this beautiful poetry of, man, if every person on earth was a writer, if the whole sky was parchment, if all the ocean was ink, we could not write enough about God's love. We could not write enough about who he is. We would run out of ink. The oceans would dry up. Because that's how big God is. Sometimes when we talk about God and heaven and stuff, I hear a lot of times in our culture say, oh, heaven sounds boring. Um, no, it won't be. Because I'm not sure why that was funny. But no, it won't be because God is infinite. And all of eternity we get to understand and experience and know this infinite God. And so I want us to pray to that end. I want us to pray that we would know God's love more deeply, that we would know the riches of his glory more. I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe there's an aspect of God's love that you feel like you never quite understood. Maybe right now you're going through a dry season and you just feel like you don't really know or understand or commune with God. Talk about that and pray through that. And so, again, I'm going to have you guys get in groups of two or three, and you're going to have four or five minutes to pray through that short sentence, man, I, I'm not understanding this about God, or I want to know more about this. I want to experience his love in this way. And then just pray over each other for that. All right, so go ahead. Austin's going to turn on some music. And then in about four or five minutes, I'll, I'll bring us back together and close in prayer. Father, we, uh, we're so thankful. We're so thankful for your, 
Thank you, God, that you save us into a relationship with you. And your relationship with you is unlike anything we could have here on earth. God, because you're unending and because you're big, way bigger than we could ever imagine. God, we, we love you so much. Help us to know you more. Help us to be a church. Help us to be a people that we chase after the knowledge of the riches of your glory. That we would dive to the depths of who you are. That we would look up at the heights of who you are. And then, God, would you please help us to, to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. God, it surpasses knowledge, so it is out of our hands. We need you to work. We need you to move in our hearts. God, we, we love you. We're so thankful that we get to, to know you. Help us to know you more. Amen. All right. You guys are doing good. Doing good. I know this is awkward. I know we don't do this normally, but again, I think this is so good for us to become a praying church. And if um, my prayer is cutting off any of your guys' prayers, like if you're in the midst of your prayers, during our response time, be sure to pull that person aside and say, hey, I, I want to finish this prayer. I want to pray this over you because we didn't get a chance to pray over you about this. Feel free to do that. Um, so the last kind of thing that I think that Paul prays for, the last area that he prays for the church is essentially that we would look like Jesus, that we would be more godly, right? You see this in verses 17 and 19. First, in 17, it says this, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love. And then in verse 19, it says this, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So Paul, when he prays that, he's not praying that Christ enters our heart for the first time. We know from other parts of the Bible, but especially Acts, when Peter's preaching, is that as soon as we call on the name of Jesus, we get forgiveness and the Spirit of God in us. And so he's not asking that Christ would just enter our hearts for the first time. He's asking, essentially, that, that Christ would kind of refresh our inner being, that he would become even more rooted, that he would take over every area and nook and cranny of our life. That, that Christ, even though we are a person, that Christ would live through us. That when we go through our days and the things that, that we do, that it, it would almost be as if Christ was doing them through us. That we would make the same decisions that he would make. That the fullness of God would dwell in us. Again, living out that identity as a display people, we're here to give God glory and show the world who he is. And so I think that means that we need to know the shape of Christ's life. We need to know the shape of what Jesus did. I, I just think often of the self-sacrificing love of Christ, and I wonder in my own life, do I live out that? Is my life marked by someone who is selfless and sacrificing so that others can know the love of God. And I don't know if it is. And so I think it's important that we don't just pray, God, help me to, to, to be more like Jesus, but that we would examine our lives and we would say, God, where am I king over my life and you're not king over my life? 
Where am I operating not out of the fullness of God, but I'm operating out of the fullness of me? To begin to ask ourselves that question. And then this is what I want us to do as we do this prayer time. I want us to confess some of that to each other. I want us to take some time and just say, hey, I am operating out of the fullness of me in this scenario when I should be operating out of the fullness of God. And again, keep it one to two sentences. You don't need to make excuses. We're all messy people. Christ is sanctifying us and making us more like him. And then this time, instead of praying for each other, I want you still to pray together, but I want you, after you confess, to pray that in front of each other, to ask Christ to come into your life in a way that the fullness of God dwells in you, especially in those areas of life where you feel like he doesn't or where you know he doesn't. Okay, does that make sense? All right, so let's go ahead. Austin's going to put some music on, and we'll come back together, and uh, I'll close us with that prayer. God, may your fullness dwell in us. Again, your prayer is just this prayer, God, in Ephesians, so much a prayer that we would uh, just relinquish our own strength and relinquish our own capabilities, but to dive into what you're capable of and what you can do, God, and the power that only you can provide. God, help help us to, to let the fullness of you dwell here in our church and in our hearts. Let not the fullness of us, the fullness of what I want and what I desire rather than what you want and what you desire, God. Let, let none of me, none of the sinful me reside in only the holy you, God. And the person that you want to sanctify all of us into. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us the picture of what it means to have the fullness of God living in us. God, we, we love you, and we definitely need you for this. Amen. You guys are doing really good. You're doing really good. Um, and again, sorry if I cut off your, your prayers. I'm just trying to be aware of our time. Um, and the gospel is, is so amazing. The gospel is so amazing because not, like, so often the gospel is this picture of if you believe these things the Bible says, you get to heaven. And, and that's part of it, but really the gospel is look at all of these things Jesus did, and now you get to be with God in eternity. And not only do you get to be with God in eternity, God is going to form you and create you and renew you, really, into the person that he originally intended you would be. All those things that you feel and think about yourself, God is going to re redeem them and cause you to live out who you really are. 
And in the midst of that, you get to be with God who's unending. You get to have this personal relationship with God. And so Jesus, he didn't give us this huge list of rules and say, climb to the top and you'll find me. Jesus saw our huge pile of sin and he swept it away so that we could have a relationship with him. And that's why prayer is so important, is because prayer is just talking to God. It's just interacting with God. It's just approaching God. Christ, all these things that we pray for, Christ has, right? When we pray for the strength, Christ had the strength to take on the cross for our sins. I, I didn't have that strength. Christ has that strength. Christ had the knowledge of, one, how much God loves us, how much he loves us, but he also had the knowledge of how devastating our sin was and how horrible it was and how we couldn't fix it ourselves. Christ was the fullness of God and man. This prayer is a picture of Jesus. I want our church to have more of Jesus. I don't want our church to have more of good deeds, although that will come with more of Jesus. I want our church to have more of Jesus. And so I think it's important for us at times to, to stop and pray together about these things. And I know it's awkward or it's weird, but it shouldn't be. We're family members who are going to spend eternity to, with each other. The people you feel most awkward with, you're probably going to be next door to in heaven. And so the gospel causes Christ to, to give us strength. The gospel causes Christ to give us knowledge. And, and the gospel causes us to have Christ himself, even in our lives and how we live it out. And so church, I want us to be a praying church, that we would pray for those things. Next week, we'll look at the, the closing part of this prayer. So let's, let's pray one last time together, church, and then we'll move into a time of response. God. We love you and we need you. God, thank you. Thank you for how personal you are and how powerful you are. Thank you that, that, that we are weak and you give us strength. Thank you that we have a hard time knowing you and you help us to know you. Thank you that we often want to operate out of our flesh, God, but you cause us and help us to operate out of the fullness of who you are. God, help us as a church to seek you together. Just like Paul said, all the saints together, not just the individual saints or just uh, individual person, but that all the saints together would know the height, the depth, the length, and the breadth. God, help us. We need you. Help us understand you more. Help us know the gospel more. We love you, God. Amen.